Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw Dirt Sheet, the only place you need to be going for your pro wrestling news right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson, also available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscribe button because it really helps out the show. We're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Right now is a great time to support your cre- your favorite creators. And uh, that's how you can do one way at Patreon. <laughs> you know what? I was totally fine until you gave me a weird look when I flubbed the smallest flub and you go like this. And I'm like, okay, now I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, anyways, we have a wealth of wonderful uh, reward tiers. Yes. If you want to contribute to the show financially, help us out, help the show out, help the show grow. And uh, June 1st, we're going to be updating those Oh, that's Patreon a week from today. Reward tiers. A week from today. A week from today. So we got to get on that. We have to start doing that. My goodness. Well, so much to do. Less than a week now. Well, yeah. Sorry. A week from today. We're shooting this on Thursday. Um, We're also on Pro Wrestling Tees. ProWrestlingTees.com slash going in raw. Ten designs. Ten. Number 11 is so close. Oh, yeah. So close. The design guru and Larson. I don't know why you keep saying that. (laughs) Because it's funny. All right. Oh, man. We got to go through this again. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, oh, oh, you know what? No, you know what? I forgot to do. I'm sorry, I forgot to do this. I totally forgot to do this. Um, I need to uh, talk about the, the latest patrons. Yes. Well, like, here's the thing, man. These people plunk down their money for us, and I think it's it's only it's only right and proper for us to give them a shout out here on the show. We've just had a lot lately, so I've had to break them up um, between like I, I did like a couple days ago. I did a bunch. Today I'm going to do a bunch. So here are a bunch of patrons. And I want to say thank you to them. Thank you. Yeah. Chris Spanis, Will Russell, Kyle Dengelstein, Justin Nichols, Joker, Margarita Munoz, uh, Broken Hat Harrington, Neil Beatty, Matt Linder, Sean Malloy, Blake Whitehouse, Thomas Martell, Jared Kincaid, Darth Cinema, Haley Morrison, Queen Elizabeth II, Marcus, <laughs> yeah, it's actually her. Marcus Helen. Maybe the uh, Queen Elizabeth II will give us a $200,000. Uh, there you go. And then you get the two sweet. Finske Balamura. Landry Wells. Kyle Grigorich. Konecki. Kendall Isaiah Hurd. Glorious Spencer Raymond. Tyler Ward. Cisco Crespo. TJ Coons. Thomas Aguirre. David Edwards. Biz Kit Jones. Blake Shelton. One of the actual Blake Shelton. This is a bunch of symbols that I just don't know what that is. Q-T-H-N, question mark. I don't know what that is. Samuel Adam McDonald, Phil Byrne, Craig Hammond, Manmeet Rana, Pete Gass. Uh, the real Pete Gass? I would assume so. Dwayne Mersing, Brett Harrington, Matthew Shope, Junior Torado, Charlie Seabach, Brent Fav- Farva, Neil Westner, Mike Plant, Gustavo Santos, and Inspector Butts. Tom Hammond, Chris Carpenter, Gary Burrows, Devin Bam Bam Martinez, Chris Sabaleski, uh, Jeremy Near, and Chris Intravaya. I want to say thank you to all of them. Yes, thank you very much. Putting in your money. Thank you. Now, I was just procrastinating. Yeah, you really don't want to talk about this anymore, I don't think. I don't feel like you do. So over it. I know. But so over it. 
You know, in the past, all the the information we've got about um, the Broken Hardy gimmick and where whether they're going to use it to be has come in trickles. There's yeah. a flood this week. Yeah. Of a tsunami. Of news. Oh, yeah, it's a tremendous tsunami. Um, so it all started on Monday when uh, the guy who's running Impact now, Ed Nordholm, mm-hmm. um, appeared on live audio wrestling mm-hmm. and uh, discussed the current situation with the Broken Universe. We'll include the video link to that description. Yes. Um, transcript here uh, for these uh, salient quotes comes from 411 Mania. Here we go. This is all the words of Ed Nordholm. Yes. He I, says, quote, oh, you're going to go. I'll do the first one. You do the second yeah, one. Okay, we'll trade off paragraphs. Quote, I think it's unquestionable that the ownership of the characters in the storyline resides in Impact Wrestling. I don't think even the Hardys would dispute that. They've all signed contracts. Their contracts are standard contracts, not only in the wrestling industry, but in the entertainment industry generally. The producer of the show owns the content, and it doesn't really matter who in the creative team came up with the idea or what the character, sorry, of what the character should be. Uh, he also says, well, number one, if he had said it as convincingly as you, I'd be all in on this Ed Nornholm guy. Oh, really? Yeah, because that was very convincing. He wasn't as convincing. He seemed a little nervous. <laughs> a little bit. So maybe he's not used to being on camera. We've had seven years of experience. Yeah. He uh, continues, we've offered many times to find an arrangement with the Hardys that would allow them to continue to use the gimmick within reasonable parameters as to what's important to us and what would be important to them. As far as I know, the WWE doesn't want the gimmick. And indeed, from every conversation I've had with them, I've been told they have no interest in it. Keep that in mind because we're going to get back to that. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt Hardy's wife, Rebby, who is a, a very prolific Twitter user, um, uh, took to Twitter mm-hmm. to dispute Nordholm's accounts, saying, quote, taking advantage that fans do not know the details of contracts, which were not, quote, standard entertainment contracts and not drafted under Anthem. Yeah. Pro Wrestling Sheet followed up on uh, this Nordholm interview, and their sources told them, quote, this is from Pro Wrestling Sheet, um, the Hardys hired counsel at the beginning of April with the intention of locking down the trademark's characters, and their lawyers were ignored by Anthem's, Anthem for weeks, Matt wants Impact to sign over any claim they may have to the Broken Universe because the Hardys believe they have ownership rights after creating and funding the inception of it all. In return, his entire family will agree to hold off on suing the company over a litany of alleged claims they have stemming from their time there. And uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet also mentioned that the Hardys and Impact's uh, legal representatives um, did meet at some point, I guess, last week. Mm -hmm. Um, But then on Tuesday... Ed Nordholm responded to all this by just dumping a bunch of documents, essentially, onto uh, Per Wrestling Sheet and other wrestling news sites, I believe. Okay, here's my my main problem with this. Why didn't Ed Nordholm send Going In Raw a copy of all this stuff? He sent it to a bunch of dirt sheets. I check the email every single day. As do I. And I don't remember getting anything from him. This ain't some hole in the wall, pal. This is Going In Raw. If you're going to be sending stuff to news outlets, guess who deserves a copy? <laughs> All right. Steve says we deserve a copy. Was that convincing? No. I was more convincing as Ed Nordholm than you were just right there. Yeah, you're probably right. All right. Uh, included what in this. What did he send to all in those hole-in-the-wall dirt sheets? In this material. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and this is all, you know. He probably knows. None, of, none of this has been corroborated by uh, independent source. This is all Ed Nordholm's account. Might be yeah. true. Who knows? I don't know. Um, 
A timeline of correspondence between Impact and the Hardys, including text from Matt Ooh, Hardy. personal text messages. So he's releasing those to the public. Um, emails that oh. were reportedly sent to and received from someone at WWE, where this individual WWE mentions that the company has, quote, no interest on our end in getting involved. Now, in the interview with uh, uh, the, radio, the law. law show, yeah. Nordholm says that WWE has no interest in yeah. the gimmick. That's not what this email says. Right. They have this email says the big difference. Yes, this email says they have no interest in getting involved in negotiations. Yeah, huge difference. Yeah, like yeah, because the the dude the interviewer asked him. He said so they have no and he says oh god no they don't want they don't want that they don't want that gimmick and but this the emails clearly say they have no interest in, in their end in getting involved meaning they don't want to purchase a crew they don't want to get in the business of purchasing gimmicks because that opens up a nasty precedent yes, and, for bringing in and Meltzer mentioned that as as the exact reason why mm-hmm. WWE has not gotten involved in a right. in an episode of Wrestling Observer Radio also um, there's a copy of a TNA contract which says it's effective March 1st 2015 that has Matt Hardy's name on it on the cover sheet um, but it's not the entire contract and, you know, there's obviously no signature, no date at the very end. All that there is is the pages that uh, involve IP, mm-hmm. copyright, creative, uh, intellectual property. Um, and there's several sections um, highlighted um, which would suggest that Impact would own the uh, intellectual property of the Broken Universe, assuming this was actually Matt Hardy's contract. Right. But we don't know if it actually is. Right. Um, mentioned that Melster said on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio that WWE hasn't gotten involved because they don't want to set that precedent. Also, did you? I'm sorry, I, I didn't know if you had mentioned in here that Rebby had mentioned on Twitter also that the contract that he had sent out wasn't the one, wasn't the finalized contact yeah, she, contract yeah, yeah, yeah. that they actually ended up signing. Yeah. So that's her take on it all. Yeah, yeah. And also that. she mentions uh, uh, something about confidentiality, which was like instantly the first thing that popped in my head when he started throwing out. Yeah. Pages of a contract is generally speaking in most contracts, uh, you know, of this nature, mm-hmm. there's a clause about confidentiality. Well, b- beyond that, and uh, Eric Bischoff mentioned that too on his podcast talking about this. Yeah, you said he c- kind of goes off on the guy, so that's that's worth a listen. He says uh, Nordholm's playing small ball. Yeah, um, but also beyond like the 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 legal, you know, NDAs that might be signed, releasing private correspondences. Between you and somebody from the WWE, I mean that's that's not good business right no, there. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. Um, Matt Hardy commented on Twitter, saying, "Quote: I tell the truth, and I don't need to desperately overcompensate to prove my public credibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, my facts will be shared via the correct venue. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's a court of law. Yeah, and not uh, just throwing." Paperwork, no, yeah, out yeah, not to, to make your the, case to the Stephen Larson show. Yeah, um, uh, in this week's uh, edition of the newsletter, Dave Melser mentioned, "quote Anthem offered as late as May 23rd to negotiate a deal with the Hardys to be able to use the gimmick in WWE, but they were unwilling to sell the ownership of the gimmick and the trademarks to the gimmick. So I assume that means they want a licensing deal. Yeah, that is not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. That is never going to happen. No, it's not. Not going to happen. No. But I don't. I mean. Anthem Impact, they're not going to use the broken gimmick. Yeah, not to say that's the reason to sign it away for nothing. I mean, my my thing is this: like, if if I mean, if their idea is they're going to use the licensing money from the broken universe to essentially fund their promotion, <laughs> that's delusional. It, it is. It's 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 quite delusional. Um, 
I mean, it, it, it might be a play to gain some leverage and just ramp up the price that they eventually want to settle on. I mean, the fact of the matter is they're burning all their bridges with the Hardys. So yeah. it's like, yeah, they, they can already use their back catalog if they want to sell DVDs about, like, the origin of the Broken Universe. They yeah. can still do that yeah. no matter what. Like, they can sell the gimmick. And, I mean, I don't know. If the w, if the WWE wants to stay out of this, so this is between Matt Hardy and, and Anthem. Yeah, but, you know, it, every place I've read, Meltzer's mentioned this, that uh, it's not like the WWE doesn't want the broken gimmick at all. Right. They just don't want to get involved in the legal battle for it. But I, if, yeah, if yeah, and yeah. when Matt Hardy mm-hmm. uh, gains ownership mm-hmm. legally of that gimmick, mm-hmm. um, the first thing WWE will probably do is license that from mm-hmm. Matt Hardy. Oh, yeah, of course. They yeah. start printing off all the T-shirts that's, that have yeah, broken stuff on it. That's the whole point here. And... Uh, and you know we mentioned earlier the the litany of or the, the they had they have a litany of uh, contract disputes during their time there and them obtaining the broken universe stuff would preclude would then mean that they wouldn't you know sue them over these things and they mentioned things like you know senior Benjamin never getting paid never never signing a contract or never, release or release which is huge max same with Maxwell. Um, and so, I mean, it's going to be, it, it sounds like this is a problem. I mean, uh, you know, both sides as lawyers yeah. met and couldn't come to an agreement. But now after all this, who knows how that's going to affect I mean, 523 was two days ago. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it sounds like they're still, they still might be talking. Um, did we mention the Taz's quote here? Because no. this is probably like the the most... This 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 quote right here, in terms of impact and anthem and this Ed Nordholm guy's business practices, Taz said this, In my opinion, as a wrestler, impact wrestling now runs the risk of breaking trust with potential talent that could come work for you. I don't know why you'd want to go wrestle for impact wrestling. I don't know either. I'll be honest with you. I don't know why anybody would want to go work for impact wrestling beyond just simply getting a paycheck. Yeah, some guys they just you know some guys are at the point where like Alberto El Patron, he can you know it's it's probably decent for him. He can get a decent paycheck there. Yeah, be treated decently. Yeah, but in terms of guys, okay, for example, I mentioned this on NXT. Dave Meltzer in the Observer also said that um, so WWE is apparently waiting out um, a, a, a specific sorry Sting a specific amount of time to sign Adam Cole, and then, you know, they're probably going to push him as a huge star in NXT. Yeah. But they want to make sure that they're not going to run into Ring of Honor's sort of, you know, there there were issues about, I believe, Kyle O'Reilly, right? Yeah, about tampering, and I think a couple others. And so WWE, they don't want to mess with that. They want to do things properly. And so they're waiting a little while. I'm sure they have a set number of days, you know, in terms of when they think Adam Cole will be cleared to, to sign. Um, but he also mentioned that Impact is interested in Adam Cole. Of course they are. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> do you want to do our Adam Cole power ranking? Let's do our now? Adam Cole power ranking. All right. Day so day. every week between now when Adam Cole signs a new contract, we're going to rank. I forgot to print out notes on this one. The possibility of various wrestling promotions around the world to sign him. Yes. We'll do the top five. The top five. Okay. So from five up. No. Or start. one down. One down. One, WWE. Obviously. Yes. Two. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Correct. Three. Ring of Honor. Resigning with Ring of Honor. Four. Lucha Underground. Okay. Five. I was going to say uh, 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 Evolve. Oh, okay. Evolve. There you go. 
Where on the Z, and now we have to ask ourselves, where on the list of promotions does Impact fall on that? Mid-teens. Mid-teens. <laughs> oh, wait, out of how many potential promotions? Um, a mid-teen number of promotions. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Why would he go? He's not going to go there. What, are you kidding me? They could roll the Brinks truck out for him, and he's not going to sign there. No. no. Give me a break. No. I wonder, I honestly wonder what the, what the, what the perspective is from indie wrestlers regarding Impact Wrestling. I mean, you'd think enough of them had been burned. Yeah. Payment-wise. And I understand they know they're under new management now. They're under new ownership, I guess. Yeah. And so that might not be a thing, but that's going to take a couple of years of actually paying people on yeah, time yeah, yeah. and at all. But you see how creatively they've operated since the new uh, ownership group have, has taken control. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like they're trying to go back to the days when the perception was, at least somewhat, that TNA was good. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to recapture that era. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent. Um, so, I mean, like, as a guy from the independent ranks, if I have an option between going to Impact, let's just say Impact, Ring of Honor, or New Japan, mm-hmm. we there's a company here that's trying to retread old ground, mm-hmm. and, you know, they might not treat talent the best, historically speaking. Right. Um, you have Ring of Honor, which, as far as I'm aware, is uh, has a pretty decent reputation mm-hmm. in oh, yeah. the wrestling world oh, in yeah. terms of how they treat talent. New Japan, as far as I know, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are prestigious places to wrestle. That's where you go to prove. Those are the proving grounds yes. right there. That's where you go, and that's where you make a name for yourself. Impact is where you go to. Jo- they had Okada and Tanahashi, and they fumbled the ball with both of them. Well, you can we can make three top ten lists <laughs> of the talent that was at one time in TNA, and. All left, yeah, and found CM far greater at one point. And found gr- far greater success elsewhere. Yeah, after leaving TNA, anywhere else, pretty much anywhere else. I mean, look at how down I was on them bringing in Bobby Roode, Austin Aries, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. Like every time they would talk about a form, I was like, oh man, it's just sort of like I don't want the stink of it, of the TNA. And then they come to WWE and they're great, and they're, they're brilliant, they're great. fantastic, and because WWE knows. Look, say what you will about WWE creative. Those guys are all stars. Yep. They are all stars. And then you just sort of start taking them for granted. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. That's another thing that Meltzer mentioned in The Observer. It was, very, it was, it was sort of a throwaway line, but um, it, he has so many throwaway lines that are loaded. And he was saying essentially that, you know, because he was talking about how crappy their ratings are right now. And he says essentially they have, they have no plans to do anything really until, um, and I think he was mainly talking about Raw. But until July or August in the ramp up to SummerSlam, he was like, yeah, that's why you have all these mixed tag matches because mm-hmm. they really don't have anything concrete, creative to do right now. <laughs> like, what do they do? They just come to work? Well, it's not July yet. It's like how many, what, six people are going to be in a tag match today? Yeah, can we mix the heels and the faces? That wouldn't make sense. Screw it, Reigns and Rollins again. Anyways, uh, what, what's Speaking your, of what's WWE, Samoa what? Joe this week? He should interrupt a match. <laughs> Great idea. Speaking of WWE, uh, they announced on Tuesday details about the upcoming women's tournament. Ooh. Oh, I know. Oh. Um, very exciting, which is now dubbed the May Young Classic. Ooh. That's cool. Apparently, cool. Stephanie was really close with yeah, May Yeah, I read too. So that's great. And, you know, it's funny because, like, we didn't really realize this until kind of lately. 
But uh, Fabulous Moolah, who's kind of the obvious, you know, I mean, the WWE has sort of anointed her as, like, you know, the top woman wrestler of all time. And granted, she had that belt that she owned for a very, very long time. Like 50 she, years or something like that. Yeah, right? she has a very checkered history. In oh, yes. Yeah, mm. a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, naming the tournament after Mae Young, right yeah. call. Yeah. Um, the 32-woman tournament will take place July 13th and 14th at the Full Sail Arena, home yeah. of NXT, and where the Cruiserweight and Classic was. the Cruiserweight Classic was. This is going to be good, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Um, PWInsider.com provided some additional details through their uh, Elite section, I think it was. Um, and uh, Jim Ross is confirmed to to be part of the commentary team. I wonder if he's going to be there or if he's going to like the green They'll be there again. The, the commentary team will be there. No. It was also rumored that Elite is going to be with him. Yeah, they, yeah. They, the PW Insider said that the, the commentary team might be composed of Jim Ross and two women, potentially. Oh, really? Yeah, and names brought up were, as you mentioned, Lita. I think Beth Phoenix was another one, as mm-hmm. well as Renee Young and Charlie Caruso. And that, uh, Oh, Charlie! Yeah, she's good. Wow, that'd be good. Um, PW Insider also mentions that WWE might be using uh, female referees for some or all the matches. They just signed one, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah and, that, and PW Insider mentioned that. And lastly, they mentioned that the plan is to release multiple episodes at a time rather than just one per week. Ooh. And uh, the finals will take place during a live special on August 29th. Okay, all right. So that's all very exciting stuff. That is very I exciting. can't wait. I know, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then also, uh, per Wrestling Sheet, had an exclusive report that WWE is planning a Money in the Bank match for the women's division Ooh. at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Ooh. SmackDown women's division, I, sh- I should clarify. Um, but then again, on, on SmackDown this week, uh, Shane made a, a fatal five-way elimination match to determine a new number one contender for Naomi's Women's Championship. Yeah. And I believe he said whoever won that match would face Naomi at Money in the Bank. Yeah, I, I think that what you said is on the SmackDown episode is probably going to be true. They'll do a scrub finish, and several people will lay claim to it, and they'll say, fine, Money in the Bank match. We'll do a Money in the Bank match. Yeah. Money in the Bank. That'd be cool, man. That'd be good. Yes. That's going to be a fun pay-per-view. Yeah. No, I can't wait for the Women's Tournament, the Mae Young Classic, and Women's Money in the Bank match. Two very exciting things. You know what would be kind of interesting, too? What? Is if they do the thing at Money in the Bank where, on the women's side of things, they win it and then cash it in. Well, no, because Naomi's not going to have... Well, you only want to really cash it in if somebody's in a match. Yeah. Yeah, she's not going to have a match, I would think. I can't remember where, but I read somewhere, and I'm sorry, I can't remember. I don't know if it's a comment in one of our videos or on Twitter somewhere, that this, whoever wrote this uh, proposed the idea that they have the match on SmackDown, there's a winner, that match happens at, at Money in the Bank, but they also, in addition to, mm. have a women's Money in the Bank match, and then that scenario could play out. Do they have enough people for that? Um, if you need five for Money in the Bank... I mean, you don't need, but I think five is probably the minimum you're going to want to do. So we've got Tamina, Natalia, uh, Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. Charlotte. So if one of those wins the match. Where's Mickey? She's in Raw. So if, oh, Lana could be involved. She's Lana could be involved. Getting involved, or getting on, uh, start wrestling soon. So that's the sixth. Okay, so that's a possibility. Yes, possibility. Possibility. Um, Or they can, maybe they'll just, maybe they can do four. Yeah. Um, cool, yeah. I love all that. It's all good. I think yes. it'd be kind of cool to have, like, uh, one of the women's competitors run around with that briefcase. That'd be cool. It'd be pretty awesome. That'd be neat. Anyways. Uh, here we go. Last story. This affects us as well. It's yeah. kind of an update. So, WCPW, our friend goes over at WC, at What Culture Pro Wrestling. Good job. Um, the, their show loaded has been canceled thanks to 
The YouTube Adpocalypse. Yeah, so on Monday, uh, WC, you want to say WCPW? WCPW. General Manager Adam Blompier announced, as you said, that uh, WCW were canceling their upcoming scheduled tapings of their free YouTube show Loaded. Hmm. And uh, Blompier mentioned that wrestling content as a whole has been classified as non-advertiser friendly. Yeah. And I should specify by wrestling content. This doesn't mean anything having to do with wrestling, but content which features actual wrestling. Well, he mentioned, it's interesting because he mentions that uh, in, in the video that they released um, in that shows that, that actually feature pro wrestling are getting hit really, really bad. He gave this example. Um, he said uh, revenue for their What Culture Wrestling channel, mm-hmm. where they do all their wrestling-themed content, yeah. their revenue was down by a third, right. whereas the revenue generated at WCPW was like basically gone. He gave the example of a video of a match between Rey Mysterio and Alberto El Patron. Um, had over a million views and generated less than $44 in revenue, which he said was a 98% drop. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's channels like ours, that you're watching right now, yeah. where you're listening to, and our revenue has taken a hit. Oh, yes. And, you know, that's why we're, A, beefing up our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's in, there's a bit of a Twitter thread going on with us involved um, with Grimm and Joe Cronin, and they're talking about it a little bit because I guess there was a comment in God. It's one of the, the Creator Insider videos. Yeah, okay, okay. That's what, that's what Grimm, he did. That was a comment was from, yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah, that yeah. video. Okay. So Creator Insider is like an unofficial YouTube channel. Um, My new favorite channel. Yeah, every time I'm over there, he, over here, he's watching. But it's actually a pretty, it's actually a really good resource. Well, here's the thing. They have a guy who's involved in the tech side of things. And he's giving updates on sort of the, the guts of YouTube. Yeah. And it's not one of the, and, you know, no disrespect, but sometimes when YouTube releases a video to talk about something that is pertinent to creators, it's with these, you know, their employees, which can be very happy, cheery people. Like it's the people that they want to be the face and they're all happy, cheery, and they talk in very vague terms and there's not a lot of, not a lot of substance to a lot yeah. of that stuff. But this is very substantive. And this guy, he's just a regular dude who, uh, who talks very plainly and it's so refreshing. It is so damn refreshing because it's just him and a video camera. And he's answering questions. And he's talking about what's going on. And he's trying to explain it to creators who want to know about what's going on with the nuts and bolts of this YouTube apocalypse thing, which has affected not just wrestling, but a lot of, a lot of people. A lot of our friends are almost, getting affected. Or at least when it first hit across the board. People yeah. were getting hit. We've got to start doing fast food reviews again because apparently food vlogs are doing fine. <laughs> Food, family, and uh, toys or something like that. I, I think know. gaming, certain uh, gaming. Gaming's been hit, too. I know, but certain gaming channels I don't think have been necessarily. When that hit is bad, and, and I think uh, and we were watching one of these Creator Insider videos yesterday, and he was saying that you know some channels are back to what they were prior to yeah. the ad boycott. Some are making more, and a lot of channels still aren't yeah. back up to their previous yeah. norms. Yeah. So anyways, there was a, a video on the Creator Insider channel. Um, which uh, Grimm took a screen cap of mm-hmm. and sent to us and other uh, wrestling YouTubers that uh, said that uh, YouTube was aware of what was going on with wrestling content as far as not being monetized either mm-hmm. in terms of you know actual pro wrestling content basically at all or, or like us just get taking a hit and that YouTube were quote looking into it. Yeah. So that's promising. Yeah, no, it totally is. Um, but yeah, as you said, this is kind of a follow-up. Back on uh, April 14th, we did an episode of Dirt Sheet where we talked about AIW, uh, independent promotion at Cleveland, tweeting about their huge drop in YouTube revenue and stating that uh, YouTube had classified pro wrestling as not advertiser-friendly. And I think mm-hmm. at the time, we were kind of still, news was still coming coming in somewhat about 
the ad boycott, mm-hmm. how that was affecting channels. And that was right on the heels of, of the, the big to-do about uh, restricted mode. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we hadn't heard, we had heard, you know, like on restricted mode, pro wrestling is, mm-hmm. is like pretty much gone yeah. for the most part. Um, but anecdotally, we hadn't heard any or a whole lot about uh, YouTube classifying pro wrestling. Right, not right. every time friendly. That was the first we heard of it. So we thought maybe it was just a, a confluence of events that yeah. led to that conclusion. Yeah. But with what it culture actually does seem like it's yeah, stating that and hearing it from other places, it's and now with YouTube kind of confirming it. Yeah, it seems to be that pro wrestling, actual pro wrestling on mm-hmm. YouTube, has been deemed not friendly to advertisers. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still like kind of like. Here's the thing. Like we we have no idea exactly what's uh, affecting ours. Um, uh, part of me wonders if that we have received no confirmation, and I believe we probably it, it probably would be in some form of news if the actual ad boycott ended. I do know that certain advertisers have come back. I do know that certain advertisers are still not around. Um, so I would think. That we would see and everybody would see an uptick once certain advertisers come back. Because I think some of our problems specifically does have to do with there being a, a, a dearth. Dearth means not a lot, right? Yes. Yeah. A dearth of, of advertisements yeah. out there to yeah. place. Yeah. Um, but I would imagine also that the pro wrestling algorithm thing probably has something to do with it too. Yeah. So I would think that it's a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Yeah, it could be. Again, as you like to say in this situation, we don't know. Yeah, YouTube is not generally very good. Yeah, I know the, 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 this Creator Insider channel is a huge step in the right direction. But oh, YouTube yeah. historically is not good at all about transparency yeah. no, and, and providing good answers to questions. This is, I mean, I, I I totally get the idea that hey, there's a lot like in terms of like the legalities, especially being careful about what you say under official channels. Yeah, and stuff it's totally like that. understandable. Um, but yeah, they do need to do a better job of being transparent. Um, but I mean, I think we've seen we've seen some promising sort of steps in our revenue. Yeah. Like, yeah. It didn't like it didn't. We're still here. Yeah. Um, and and so, I, I think by midsummer, because mm-hmm. summer is a pretty large advertising season, it's pretty mm-hmm. uh, pretty significant. So I think by middle of the summer, it will probably be. A, I mean, I'm not gonna say definitive, but an interesting uh, uh, signal mm-hmm. which way things are going. If yeah, things are yeah, starting yeah. to move in the right direction in terms of more consistent monetization mm-hmm. for for content creators, yeah. then I think we could all kind of breathe a little easier. Yeah. But without that, you know, we, you know and, I'm, and I'm not trying to sound alarmist. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to think this through. Um, but if advertisers are willing to skip out in a huge advertising season mm-hmm. to hold true their boycott, then you got to have to wonder how yeah. long it's going to last. Yeah, eventually, you yeah. Know? exactly. Because, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, their advertisers are, you know... I, 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 would, I would hope that... Um, that Google will have done enough to to bring him back, and I, I get a feeling they will. I have, I mean, this is my gut feeling, but you know, I can't just say I have a feeling we're going to be out of business this summer. I've <laughs> 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 gut feeling things are going to be terrible. Yeah. Start filling out some applications. <laughs> work on my barista skills. Yeah, dude. I'm going to work at Target. You can work at the Starbucks in Target. Um, here we am. We'll do the podcast sort of just you know just to keep it alive while making uh, cappuccinos. We'll huh? do it on our cigarette breaks. <laughs> Neither of us smoke, though. <laughs> We're going to start. It'll be a five-minute episode. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I'll get it back. 
Although if you can't, if if we're forced to work at Target, I might take up. I might have to take up smoking. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying, man. Or at least drinking a lot more than we do. We're gonna answer some questions. Yes, Mayor of Planet Houston, say it right. <laughs> uh, where's the mayor of Planet Houston? That's a little too the Daniel Plain. <laughs> where's the mayor? Mayor of Planet Houston. All right, that's fine. I'm trying. I'm trying. I need the. What's the entire line? God, I'm trying to remember Planet Houston. Wasn't a need before Zod. I don't know. I'm now. I'm getting Zod. You with, can't. Uh, you can't, can't channel it. Plan it's fine. Plan it's fine. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Mayor of Planet Houston says, which will be better, the Extreme Rules Fatal 5-Way or the Money in the Bank Ladder Match? The Money in the Bank Ladder Match is the correct answer. Yeah, I think they'll both be good, but Money in the Bank Ladder Match, I think. Uh, he, but he does ask, also, which one will take the most away from the rest of the show, as in which match, because of the competitors involved, takes away from potential matches that could be on the card and potentially hurts the rest of the show? By that, forcing I think, is a wash. More underwhelming matches take place instead of fill time. I mentioned this on yeah, our 205 Live, 205 Live uh, NXT recap that I think Extreme Rules, based on the main event, has an opportunity to give uh, competitors who are not regularly on pay-per-view a chance to oh, be on the show. That's a good point. Because um, we were talking about specifically the Brian Kendrick-Kira uh, Tozawa match, which would have fit right in with Extreme Rules oh, yeah. based on the stipulation. And that would have been great. Imagine kicking off the show with that match. That would have been awesome. Oh, I know. Um, so you, would, you could have had that. You, could, you will have the submission match between Austin Aries and Neville. And they're kind of alluding to uh, potentially, maybe, some sort of match involving Sasha Banks, mm. Alicia Fox, and Noam Dar. So we thought a mixed tag match yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would be a possibility mm. with uh, Rich Swan. Mm. Um, have that on the main card. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Um, but, but like SmackDown, what else are we going to have? You have your six top stars on SmackDown mm-hmm. in one match, the Money in the Bank match. Then you have Randy and Jinder mm-hmm. fighting for the WWE title. Yeah, probably the women's Money in the Bank match. Yeah, yeah. And then a tag title match. I'm guessing tag title match might be so where the Fashion Police win. Four or five t- yeah. uh, matches there. Mojo's got to have a match. Mojo versus Ty. You would think Ty would have to have a match. You would think Ty would have a match. Probably be his blow off match between him and the Artist. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. The Slasher Ben Stonewall. Uh, Patreon patron since April first time question asker thank you Ben thank you very much this question is totally off topic there is no questions off topic here on not on the dirt sheet no uh, what is your favorite piece of WWF merchandise you've ever received or were given oh that belt over there well that belt and yeah, then that belt over there so we've got two belts we got a, a replica um, WCW World Championship belt, World Heavyweight Championship belt. Yeah, the big gold belt. Somebody literally, I think, uh, who gave this to us? Was it the Alto Votalhe guy? That guy gave it to us. At no mercy. At no mercy. So then we had to walk around. That. At that point, it well, was. Well, we. <laughs> I carried it the whole time. At that, at that point, it was like, Larson, I don't really want to carry this around. Can you carry it? And then I had to for a little bit, and then I pawned it off on Hilton, I think. I wore it for a good stretch. Yeah. We have to get uh, food. Mm-hmm. I wore it. You did good. You did good. Sometimes you did I do good belt. things. And this That's is an H title. That's great. That we received from Penultimate Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Fantastic. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty so cool. I think this is it. Matt Linder has a question. I was in attendance at TakeOver Chicago. Oh, cool. I had a blast. Cool. I knew that the matches were good to great while they were happening. But I didn't understand just how great they were until I watched it home the next day. Have you guys had a similar experience? 
Uh, I, it was kind of hard to gauge how good the matches were at WrestleMania um, when we were there on the floor. Yeah. Um, strobe lights being beamed into my brain. But then w- the next day, we uh, we hung out for a bit and watched mm-hmm. part of it, like the first half of it. Yeah. And the, the AJ-Shane match, I thought, played really well on TV. Yeah, I thought it did, too. Really well. Yeah. Um, uh, I still have not watched... Uh, AJ Cena at SummerSlam last year, the broadcast. Oh, version. interesting. I because that was that. a fantastic match to watch live. Yeah, but haven't watched the televised uh, uh, version yet. Um, when a lot of that though, a lot of that match though, if I recall, I mean, the con- it kind of depends on how the commentary adds to it. But because it was, we were up in the owner in one of the luxury suites. I was watching the monitor, so it's kind of like watching the broadcast. Yeah, I know? guess when there were breaks in action, I would look at at the monitor to see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, part of the television presentation. Right, right, right. Um, WrestleMania 31 when Seth cashed in. That I knew. There are certain things, because when you get the overview of what's going on, you kind of know. Like, when I was marking out so hard, like, the, and everybody around us was, you kind of get the, I, I think it's kind of like you understand what the experience is. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other situations. I mean, you can you can usually tell if the crowd like with WrestleMania, it's so hard because it's such a massive venue. I know, and it's such. I mean, it's a unique situation. But places like NXT, it's like you can tell if that crowd is hot. Yes. So, um, kind of interesting though that, about his experience. Yeah, I can't think of a time though because he asked us too. Uh, been at a show and loved it, and then in hindsight, you find out it wasn't so great. I think generally speaking, if you're at a show and I don't know, I mean, in one sense, if if you're at a show and the matches aren't that great, you can recognize that, I think. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, if it's just a hot crowd and you can kind of get wrapped up in it mm-hmm. as a live experience, yeah, it I might mean, it, yeah. It potentially could distract from whatever shortcomings the matches may have until you watch it on television and and, and the impact isn't quite there because you're not in attendance. I couldn't tell. I forget. Well, I, I forget. I mean, we have an entire audience at our you know disposal. Um, the the triple threat main event from the last Raw we went to was that well received? Yeah. Okay, it was. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we knew that was good. Yeah. Because maybe people like crowd. It was the end of a boring Raw. It was a boring triple threat match. Who cares? And no, I think it, the general consensus was that was the, the 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 absolute high point of that show. Okay. That's what. I, okay. It was. Yeah, it absolutely was. Yeah. You read the next question. Uh, Leonidas Maximus Titanicus. Well done. Hello, Larson and Steve. I am the, I'm the first-time patron, and this is my first question. Thank you. Nice. Do you feel that you can tell who will win the match based on its first few minutes? What I've noticed for a while now is the contestant who puts in the most offense is the person that will lose the match. He gets two examples, um, Dolph versus Shinsuke, and any match that Roman Reigns is in. What do you think? We, uh, You, I think came up with this. Win face and lose face. Oh. <laughs> and that's just literally when someone walks down the aisle. Yeah. That's, yeah, you can, yeah, I mean, and honestly, it's like a 50% success rate. Like, I'm, I'm never good at telling lose face or win face. But I, I sometimes, like, sometimes you can just tell. Like, for example, we're reviewing Halloween Havoc 92. Brian Pillman had lose face oh, written yeah. all over him. Oh, yeah. That was lose face. I don't think that dude was good at, uh, you know, I, I think Brian Pillman was probably a terrible poker player. Probably. You know what I mean? That's probably part of his, uh, his appeal. Yeah. You get, you see what you get. Yeah. Um, or you get what you're looking at, whatever. Um, the Dolph Ziggler, let's see, what was it? The most offensive, most often person that will lose the match. 
Yeah, I mean, look, there are standard wrestling conventions. There are standard wrestling conventions. There's, you know, the guy who gets dominated and then, you know, is able to gut out a victory. It kind of it, yeah. it, it depends on your character as well. Um, but then that's why the moments... That, so, yeah, there are definitely conventions. But when they're broken, it makes it more interesting. Like, for example... We didn't see Sami Zayn winning against Baron Corbin, but that's because Sami Zayn almost never wins. Yeah. Um, and then we definitely didn't see him just schoolboying Baron Corbin oh, know, the next I time know. on SmackDown. I know. So you establish these sort of conventions based on who the character is, what their style is, what the storyline is like, and you can kind of tell. And you, well, then you also... You can map out their storyline, their feud, how early it is, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. can go over. But then you can kind of play... Uh, the creative team can play off those expectations of the exactly, viewers, too, and yeah. surprise you at times. Exactly, yeah. Uh, the Steel City champion, Benny Yinzer. First time question, ask her here. So, the addition of KO to the Money in the Bank match is completely fine by me. I was expecting Rusev, but KO is perfect for the match. However, if there was an open spot left and you had to pick somebody from NXT to come up and participate, who would it be? Wouldn't be an official call-up, just something like Ty did in the Rumble. Too sweet. Thank you. Um... Cassius Ono. Drew McIntyre. Oh, that's good. Would that be his call-up? Yeah. That'd be his call-up. Wow, see, I want him to stick around NXT for a while. I want him to be there. But I think Cassius Ono is kind of that guy who, like, we've said this before, we have no idea. Yeah. We don't know where he's going to do. So, like, to plug him in and see what kind of reaction he would get. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. I would like to see that. Yeah, I would too. That'd be good. I almost said... Plunky, you could plug him in anywhere. I know. I, I almost said him. Yeah. But then when you said him, I couldn't say him You too. couldn't say him. You had to say Drew McIntyre. Yes. We've got some video questions. We do. Let's, uh, ooh, here you go. From Matthew E. Williams Esquire. Let's take a look. Hey, friendos. It is the Western States Heritage Champion and, of course, the leader of the Empire of Pain, Matthew E. Williams Esquire. AKA Divas Wonder. I'm here with a video question, my first ever video question. And I thought for such a special occasion, I'd bring you to the House of Horrors. Uh, no Bray Wyatt sightings, unfortunately. But I did have a question. We have some really nice stables now in wrestling. Sanity's awesome. The Wyatt family was great. The Shield is good. Of course, the New Day technically counts as a stable. But we've not had an invasion since WCW. With having so many NXT stars now, making their way up, be they indie stars that came in NXT or straight-up NXT projects. Could you see an, inv- an NXT invasion angle, maybe to uh, refreshing things? Maybe Triple H gets, quote, mad about all of his stars he's losing because of the draft, things like that. How would you book that kind of an invasion angle? And who would be the turncoat? Because every invasion has to have a turncoat. So that's my question. Hope you guys enjoyed my quick trip to the House of Horrors. And... See you guys on the returning MCW where I have to put my title on the line. <sighs> I may have already lost it by the time this airs. Bye. Thank you. I confirmed with him, by the way, via that email. Is the House of Horrors he house. Was actually in front of the House of Horrors. And as of a couple of days ago when I contacted Matthew about this, it is indeed up for sale. Larson. Why can't we just buy this thing? What's the list price? $36,000. That's not bad. That's nothing to own House what of Horrors. What would we do with it? Film House of Horrors 2 in it. Again, I ask, what would we do with it? Yeah, man. Is the refrigerator still there? 
I hope so. If not, no deal. I mean, in the smack, in the Raw universe, technically Randy Orton should still be there because I'm pretty sure the universe is split at that point when the house turned red. The like that's when Bray and in his universe, that's when Bray sort of went to Raw. Yeah, went to Raw. So yeah. Randy Orton should still be in that house in that universe. And then yeah. of course the other Randy Orton was able to get out of that universe. Yeah, because it's a SmackDown universe. At that right. Point. Exactly. At that point, yeah. Understood. Um. So an NXT invasion. Yeah. Well, they did that as the Nexus, of course. Yeah. Way back in the day. And it was, for a brief period of time, super hot. Yes. It was really awesome. Um, the only thing I can th- the only problem I can think about, or the, the, the difference is, back then they were all rookies looking to make a name for themselves. Well, the, the nature of NXT was more like a game show, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't an ongoing... Where you have mentors and students. Yeah, 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 and it wasn't an ongoing wrestling promotion that has weekly programming. And so it would be a bit more natural for like the students to re- rebel, to revolt against the authority, if you will. I guess the most obvious idea, and give this idea maybe another year or two. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to thinking this up on the fly. Triple H's NXT guys? Yeah. Yeah. But they it, all slowly get brought up across yeah, various shows, yeah. and it's kind of like... They, they, there's not like a, a straight on invasion. Yeah, they just all kind of get brought up, and then uh, uh, we just have the old guard versus the new guard mm-hmm. essentially because we're in the midst of a new era. Yeah, and you've already had uh, even John Cena come out and say, you know, this yeah. new era still has to go through me. Just really play off that. So idea. let's let's talk about who the 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 old guard at this point. Who's I mean, we have Cena. Yeah, Lesnar. Yeah, Kane. Kane. Um, so you, you can have guys that have been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Orton, Orton. I mean, you could AJ Styles can throw in there because well, he's non NXT. I know, but I was going to say you could have the guys that have been around a while. You have the NXT guys, and you have a group of guys who are kind of caught in the middle. Yeah, right, 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 right. You know, like Joe. Yeah, he went through NXT, but he wasn't necessarily in NXT. You know, he was. He had a brand before going to NXT. I think I think you just run into. I, I kind of like the idea. But I think I think my main thing about the idea is that it'd be so overwhelmingly NXT. Yeah. That it'd be like they would have like Kane would have no chance. Oh, I know. I mean, but you could do you could do something similar. I don't. Know, I think there's a good. Difference. Or or if they actually if they actually get to the point where NXT is 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 considered on par with Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yet. They're, you know, they don't have a network or cable TV deal. They're still on the network. Maybe he's still stuck with an, just a one-hour show. Mm-hmm. Then you have some guys saying, hey, we provide the best wrestling mm-hmm. in all in this entire company, and we're not getting the credit we deserve. Yeah. So we're going to force your hand. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, no, that, that could be cool. I could see that. And that way it wouldn't be guys already up on the main roster. It would right. be guys and women in NXT right. at the time. Yeah. No, that'd be interesting. That'd be cool. I like it. Uh, let's see here. Adam Fella. Oh, he also asked, Matthew also asked, who would be the turncoat? Who oh. would be the guy or the woman to turn against WWE to join up with Team NXT? Seth Rollins. So who would be, oh yeah, that's good. I'd like that because he was the first NXT champion. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. I mean, that's the thing. Like, everybody came through NXT to a degree. I mean, it's not like you saw a lot of Dean Ambrose and... and yeah, you didn't really see much. You of, didn't see much of Dean or Roman Reigns in NXT. Just yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Adam Fella. Yes. Has a question. Let's see what Adam has to say. Hey, friendos. It's your six-star savior, Adam Fella here, returning for another video question. 
But first, I got to promote my YouTube channel. Of course I do. At Discord Club Leader Adam Fella, that's the name of the channel, you will see the premier Buck Wrestling House Show, WDCW, with yours truly as general manager. Now, my question. Shinsuke Nakamura has probably the most charisma in the WWE right now. So my question is, what past WWE superstar could match Shinsuke Nakamura's charisma and will put on a really good match with him? Thanks, friendos. Take care. Thank you, Adam Fella, for another video question. And check out his, he refers to it as the Friendo Unified Championship House Show Circuit. WDCW, I think? I think that's right. Something like that. Uh, anyways, uh, so what past WWE superstar match of Shinsuke's charisma and could put on a really good match with them? There's only one name I could think of. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? He's the other guy. Oh, yeah. I was thinking The Rock. Macho Man. I know, but my, see, when I think of Shinsuke, I think of, like, other world personality. Yes, The Rock, chock full of charisma. Yes. He's going to be president in four years. Um, but what's his face? Macho Man. He, that dude was like an alien. You know what I mean? Like, he was not human. When I think of Shinsuke, I think, like, alien. Crazy. Good question. Adam Mayhem is next. Yes. Buenas tardes, Friendo University. Bienvenidos a Chit Chat with the Champ. Now, first things first, James Ellsworth. There's been one man that has been the Michael Jordan of wrestling for the last eight years. And it was me, Ellsworth. It was always me. Now, with that out of the way, Steven Larson, I was watching a lot of, like, old wrestling because whenever I have a match, I tend to do that so I can get, like, some old-school spots. And I saw one guy, and it just reminded me of Elias Samson. And I am thinking maybe this would be a great thing to do for Elias. And this guy is Hunky Tonk Man. Hunky Tonk Man was not a great wrestler, but he had really good heat with that musical gimmick. So do you guys think that Elias Samson would be able to do something like Hunky Tonk Man that he was intercontinental champion for so long? Anyways, guys. Take it easy, and the champ is out. Thank you, Adam Mayhem. He's trying to start a program with Ellsworth on our program here. I love Adam Mayhem, though. Uh, so he, uh, he he makes a comparison or a potential comparison between the Honky Tonk Man yeah. and Elias Sampson. Yeah. Um, I guess the, 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 the idea behind the characters are kind of the same, where they use the music to get he, uh, heel heat from the crowd. Was Honky Tonk's man thing his music was crap? That I don't recall. Because it was. Yeah. And there's no reason to celebrate him. Like, if you're in the crowd and he starts singing a song, you don't want, you're not going to be into that. Okay. So isn't that kind of his heel heat? Yeah. Plus he would crack his guitar over people's heads? Yeah. Yeah. Drifter's never done that, has he? The latter, no. Right. Like, he cherishes his guitar. Very much it's not so. a weapon. He was very upset when uh, Cassidy... Oh, I know. That was so messed up. Busted it up. I was so on Samson's So, I guess in, 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 in idea, the idea in theory, yeah, there's similarities between the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think he also asked, uh, could Elias Samson 
reached the same level of success as Honky Tonk Man, Intercontinental Champion? My early my early answer to that is no, but the WWE might see something in him that I'm not aware of. If he starts getting tons of heat, tons, <laughs> tons, yeah, you know, he doesn't have to resort to heel tactics, just going out there and doing his gimmick as it is now, but is just getting heat. I wouldn't be surprised if they put him in the program for the Intercontinental title. Because he's a decent wrestler. He's got an interesting look. Yeah, he's he's tall. He's yeah. quite muscular. He's athletic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Drifter. What did the Drifter do before NXT? What, what, what? I think he just wrestled in the Indies. Was he? I think wrestling so. in the Indies? Nice. Uh, Alexander Crenty has a question. Yes. Hey, friendos. No, I did not record this in December. Snowing in Denver. Love it. Quick question. I'm leaving the gym, and I was wondering in my head, if you guys had to train to be professional wrestlers, what coach that you know currently is on the training circuit would you guys pick? I probably would go up to Calgary since I lived there for a little while. I would train with Lance Storm. The guy I always thought was underrated, and as a coach, I've heard nothing but the best from some of the most influential people in the business. Cheers, guys. You have a good one. Thank you, Alexander. Thank you, Alexander. So if we were to become wrestlers... Who do we want to train us? An established current trainer. There's so many. There's so many good ones out there. Like off the top of my head, Lance Storm. Yeah, that's who Alexander mentions. Booker T. Yeah, Booker T would be good. Um, Assuming we take the performance center out of the equation. Oh, of course. Yeah, we're not getting signed there, dude. Performance center, you get signed to that. You don't have to pay for that. They pay for. Oh, you. I know. Yeah. We're pay, we're putting oh I know money. I know we're putting I know. down money, yeah, but maybe maybe if I achieve my goal of looking like Alistair Black and you look like Drew McIntyre at that point maybe we'll have a shot at the performance. There center. you go. Yeah. The Santino brothers. How about that? Okay, they have that school in L.A. I yeah, think. yeah yeah yeah. There you go. But I would probably Landstorm. Landstorm would be my answer. I'd want to be trained by Landstorm. That sounds amazing. I'd probably do that. Yeah, a couple guys go to a, like go to a couple schools. And get like well-rounded training. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably yeah. take that. Or I'd say I'd do Lance I'm gonna Storm. Say, I'm going to go to the uh, New Japan Dojo. Ooh, are you going to be a young lion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, running around in a little black chony. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> CJ Rebley has a question. Hey, friend, of CJ here. So I uh, was watching the Eric Rowan YouTube channel, and uh, there's only seven videos. I think the longest one's about three minutes, but they do a pretty good job adding some depth to his character. Uh, so my question for you guys is, what character, uh, what gimmick, superstar, whatever, could probably use that? Um, I think uh, a funny, obvious answer would be the uh, uh, fashion files, but uh, personally, I think the Ascension can really use that, uh, probably to maybe to develop and introduce a new gimmick, or to try to add some depth to the ones they have now. Uh, anyway, talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you, CJ. Thank you. Um, so he brings up Eric Rowan's uh, YouTube channel. And yeah. He's really helping to kind of flesh out, add depth to his gimmick. Uh, as soon as we're done filming, I'm going to check that out. Okay. Because I really want to, I'm really curious about that now. Yeah. Well, the obvious question is once this broken crap gets settled, I want the broken universe to have its own sub YouTube channel. Yeah. So that we can get more of that stuff. Yeah. So, A, that. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, CJ mentions Fashion Police. Oh, who wouldn't want that? That would be great. Who wouldn't want that? Absolutely. Um, 
Then, but then there's the flip side. Who would you not want? Like I'd want a Mojo. I'd want one of those. Yeah. I would not want an Aleister Black one. I would not want a Bray Wyatt one. There you go. Oh, yeah, there you for, go. Probably for the same reason. Yeah, for the same reasons. Yeah. Some things you just got to keep to the imagination. Yes. Yeah. Finally, we've got Patrick Sparks. So, here I am in Chicago, where NXT TakeOver took place, where Tommaso Ciampa did a perfectly executed heel turn and split up DIY. And that made me think, what teams do you think a heel turn slash split would benefit the most from, and which teams do you think it would hurt the most? Honestly, I've always wanted to see the New Day feud together because I feel like it would be fun. And I feel like a heel turn split would probably hurt the iconic duo or the revival the most. So, what do you guys think? Who would you like to see go heel on who? Who should split? Who shouldn't split? What do you guys think? Thanks, Windows. Bye from Chicago. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Long-time patron there, Patrick. He's been with us from... Seems like every week he has a video question. He really takes advantage of his $20 contribution every month. He does. He takes full advantage. Uh, What tag teams would benefit from a split? Would benefit from a split? Um, I would say in eight months, six, eight months, uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. Ooh, yeah, they're they're yeah. I can see that. They need to be singles guys eventually. Yeah, again, eventually. Part of me feels like this whole heel turn is going to eventually just fall flat. You think they're going to go the route of the club? I don't know. They seem pretty far hold to fall in. WWE, especially on Raw, seems so hesitant to book any heel tag team as anything close to dominant. Oh, I know. Even Cesaro and Sheamus, they've lost, 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 lost. Dude, all they do is lose to the Hardy. Yeah. I know. They booked the Hardy strong. They do. They booked the, uh, what is it, the oh, Cutter he does? Twist of Fate. They, they booked that thing strong. Yeah. Man. That Hardy's going to be winning titles soon. Well, singles. And no, he's not. Um, uh, conversely, what teams would be oh, hurt and, by and split? If and when Matt Hardy gets a hold of the broken gimmick, the Hardy boys, they should break up. Not so they can feud, they can do their own thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what teams be hurt by the split? The Ascension, they would be released before they got the uh, split them up. Gallows and Anderson. Oh, you never do that. Never, ever do that. Um, fashion Police. Uh, DIY. <laughs> um, the Revival. The New Day. So much of the revival. The Usos. Is there... Oh, yeah. Who would be who? Which one would be which one? Like, it's like, who do I push? You're the same person. I'm sure they have their individual qualities as people and human beings. I'm just saying on the service, I still don't know which one's which, man. (laughs) I'm sorry. I might be a terrible person for that. I can't tell which one from which. (laughs) Right? I know you can't either. Yeah, I don't know. It's all right, man. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, everybody, for your video questions. Yeah, thank you, and that's it for the show. Thank you for watching, and until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye.